Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Hi everyone, this is Cheryl Perry and Jen Plim with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited to welcome Dr. Amanda Moran Lanier to today's podcast. Hello, Dr. Lanier. Thank you, glad to be here. We are tackling a kind of scary topic today, vaping. We have lots of questions for Dr. Lanier and can't wait to pick her brain, but first, let us tell you a little bit about her. She's a pediatrician at Charlotte Pediatric Clinic, which is part of Atrium Health, and has been serving Charlotte area children for nearly 20 years. She's currently serving as site-based medical director for CPC South Park and chair for the LCH Family Continuum Committee. She received her bachelor's degree from the University of Virginia, her medical degree from West Virginia University School of Medicine, and completed her pediatric residency at Carolina's Medical Center. Dr. Lanier is also mother to two boys, a seventh grader and a 12th grader at Providence Day School. So thanks again for coming, and we'll just dive right in. Just kind of give us an overview of what e-cigarettes are. E-cigarettes, or electronic cigarettes, have not really replaced conventional cigarettes, but there's a completely different mechanism involved. They come in many different shapes and sizes. Um, The basic components are a battery, a heating element, and a place for the liquid. The liquid nicotine. Yes. If you're using nicotine. Okay. You can put many other things in it. Okay. Exactly. Um, So it opens up the arena for lots of other drugs or substances to be um, placed in that same apparatus. Um, And what happens is with the heating, you're producing an aerosol, um, and that's what contains whatever you put in there. We're mostly speaking today about nicotine, but also the flavorings. Mm -hmm. Right. Lots Um, of additives and preservatives and who knows what. Chemicals. Right. Just as a kind of a wastebasket, we're not sure what all is involved or how that can affect your lungs. Mm -hmm. Um, It also not only affects the person inhaling, but as they exhale. I was wondering that, because you can't really oftentimes see it. Correct. Right. Okay. But yes, when what they exhale, the bystanders are also being... um, inundated with whatever it is that's coming out of their mouth. The secondhand smoke type of thing. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, that is. So each pod is equivalent to a pack of cigarettes of nicotine. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I think more specifically for the Juul. Juul. Okay. Different brands and different types. So Juul is a brand. Right. Okay. Correct. Um, And a patented brand, um, which kind of presents a whole other situation with jeweling. They, um, I'll flip over here. Which was our next question, difference yeah. between jeweling and vaping. Right. And there is a difference. Well. Smidge. It's, jeweling is vaping. Correct. It's a brand of vaping. You <laughs> sound so, <laughs> like, so knowledgeable on this. Jeweling is vaping. Vaping is jeweling. <laughs> Correct. Um, but, but again, because jewels, uh, the jewel is patented. I think that's why right. it has its own name. Um, and 
it's very interesting I have found when I ask questions in um, the office to teenagers and I'll say, you know, well, you know do you vape? And like, no. Of course they're going to lie through we their jewel. teeth. Yeah. No, oh, they'll go, oh, we okay. jewel. Like they, oh. they they feel that for whatever reason, they differentiate that, uh, that jeweling has a more acceptable social stigma. And I'm like, it's the same thing. It's right. all the same sort of apparatus. But I think the jewel is much more specific. Um because of its patent and the scary part about the jewel is that it delivers a much higher concentration of nicotine than all the other e-cigarettes. Okay. So you have to be 18, correct, to purchase legally, but a lot of younger kids are. So what are the risks for younger kids when they get their hands on these jewels or e-cigarettes so, that we know of? I know there's a lot of unknowns, but Well, we can we can talk from the youngest, you know, toddlers are not going to know what these liquids or these, you know, the pods, pods are. Yeah. If they and, drink it or correct. So there are there are documented poisonings, and they can and it can it can be poison to them, whether they ingest it or even get it in their eyes, their hands. You know, it's the absorption right. of the liquid that doesn't necessarily have to be the ingestion. When you're getting into middle school and high schoolers, the area of the brain that uh, nicotine affects is the prefrontal cortex. And that is still developing rapidly, Mm -hmm. I might add, until your early 20s. Right. So at the the riskiest time between middle, high school, even into the start of college, that's when your the young brain forms so many of these synapses when it's learning and so and rapidly much more rapidly than ours do at our age so when you're introducing these highly addictive substances into a brain that's forming these connections rapidly they're learning addiction right really early Really early. So it is addictive, like cigarettes are addictive. Absolutely. It's the same type of, okay. Absolutely. How are these companies getting away with marketing this product, A, to children, and B, to, like, it's the way to quit smoking cigarettes? Like, I see that all the time. Yeah, And it too. makes me so angry that this is even allowed. And then the flavorings to tailor to children, bubblegum and whatever. Right. Um, it blows my mind, and I know we're opening up a lot of different cans of worms, and we'll kind of circle back around, but mm-hmm. I don't understand how this is even allowed as a company, as Juul as a company or any of these but other they're companies. not under the same restrictions no. for advertising as cigarettes are and sometimes right. alcohol. So um, it's a hot topic, as we all know. Um, in 2016, so very recently, was when the FDA finalized a new rule that, that extended their regulation to all tobacco products. So mm-hmm. because this was kind of new and kind of went under the radar, correct. Mm-hmm. And as the um, percentages of youth users increased, they started to recognize this. And um, the rule extended it again to all tobacco products. Um, the other thing that this rule included was banning samples. So they could be, I mean, pre- prior to this. They could just hand them out. They, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, enticing At them. the stores. Oh. Wherever, anywhere. anywhere. Probably festivals or wherever. Oh, like. yeah. And the other interesting part is this rule, if you were not on the market before February of 2007, 
then you um, you you have to meet the public, uh, it's the public health standard, like the legal public health standard. So all of the newer ones now will have to meet that. But prior to this this FDA ruling in mm-hmm. 2016, it was... Anyway, yeah. yeah. Why, so those people are grandfathered in, all those companies. No, they're going to have to. It's again, 2000, yeah. 2007. And okay. there weren't, the ones that were here okay, now, yeah, so, the Europe, okay. Blue That's State, good. Vigils, yeah. So, I think there's going to be a lot more regulation wrapped around this based on the use. But let's... Let's talk about like the vending early machines. Use. You can be able to get them in vending machines. Oh yeah, that's machines. right. I forgot already about that. Yes, that, that you can that get them anywhere. Part of this yeah. new FDA ruling as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so let's talk about middle school because it seems like yeah. that's kind of the hot spot where it starts. Are you seeing that in the office? Like, are you seeing a lot of middle schoolers say that they are vaping? Like, are they, they fessing would, up? Or are would they? Because they we hear about it, and I'm sure you hear about it. We all have middle schoolers, but right? Yes. Um, it is. It's increasing, but high schoolers still have the highest percentage. So in 2018, there were more than 3.6 million, million U.S. middle and high schoolers um, who had used e-cigarettes in the last 30 days from when they um, did the study. 4.9% were middle schoolers, and oh, wow. 20.8% were high schoolers. So, and that's just going to rise. That's yeah. going to But the interesting thing was, if you look at the rates in 2011 of e-cig usage, it was 1.5%. By 2015, it was 16%. Wow. That's over a 900% increase in just, what's that, four years. Mm -hmm. So, again... I think, as you said, it's it may not be the the flat numbers, but if you look at the trends, the right. middle schoolers, yeah, are well, are, and the devices are they actually are pretty cool looking. I mean, it, I can see the draw, right? But it's like I don't, I like as a parent, how do we? First of all, it's hard. They can hide it easily. Yeah, They're tiny. Can you tiny. detect it? Can you smell it? Or like, how do they, we find this yeah. stuff? The only, I think, it depends on the flavoring. I mean. Because they come home smelling like cotton candy and they haven't been to a fair, you probably ought to ask the question. Um, that, but for the most part, it's not like smelling the cigarette, cigarette smoke right. that we and it know, must wear off. Can detect the minute, yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. And you're and absolutely, you know, they can look like USBs, um, little pens or pens. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's it's scary to think that it could be anywhere. And um, I have many, many young patients, um, adolescents, that talk about using them in the bathrooms mm-hmm. you know, in between classes. So it's scary because of the addictive quality in the young brains. But do you think it's – can it be considered a gateway drug to other drugs? Like do you see that trend? Or Absolutely. It, yeah. And I would say I've become more keenly aware of that over the last year we, it's, it had kind of been, you know, in the surface with pediatrics, and what prompted me to dig more into this was about a year ago, and I had a period of two weeks when um, colleges, everybody had finished finals and were coming home, and I had so many of uh, my college-age patients coming home for these chronic coughs. And they would talk about how they'd spent the whole year and they'd been to the infirmary or the student health and they had this and that and sinus infection and they'd been on this battery of different antibiotics and all this. And I finally started putting it, I put it together and I, and I would look at them and just say, well, how much are you smoking? Mm-hmm. Not even ask anything else. And they would just stop. 
didn't even ask them what because I that was <laughs> that was a programmed response yeah. of trying to figure yeah. out to asking what and they were all um, vaping, juuling, um, also using marijuana. And I, the next question I'd have is like, I'm sure you're share, sharing apparatus, your yeah. apparatus with others. Right. And so not only are you ingesting yeah. things into your lungs yeah, that are toxic, germs. then you're sharing and you're sharing germs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're just going to keep this going. Your immune system just can't take all mm-hmm. of it. And they're exhausted and like... Yeah, and it was very interesting because I spoke with my my partners. As you two know, I'm in a, in a large practice in Charlotte, and they had not heard or seen as much of it. I don't know how I got inundated those two weeks, but it kind of started on some of our own learning as pediatricians in the area mm-hmm. to be able to approach it. And it changed my treatment of these conditions that I was seeing as well. I started treating it more like what you would see with some chronic bronchitis. Mm-hmm. You know, we typically would see in older kids or adults um, with cigarette smoke. So their cough was probably more from the germs that were shared than the nicotine. I or we're not sure. Probably, a combination I, I don't of both. know. Interesting. And that's why I told them I really had to, you know, I had to cover... We don't know. That's right. why they're, they're working so many on the research with now all because this. we yeah. don't know what some of these flavorings or even um, the other chemicals um, like benzene um, and diacetyl that are in there. We know these things are toxic to the lungs, right? but they, it, we don't know what it does. Right. It hasn't been around enough been studied, so that's kind of the Our the, kids the will scientists. be the guinea pigs, you know, like that's the sad part. It's like part. it's like cigarettes with our grandparents, right. you know, and they all had lung cancer for the most part later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I try and hone in on the cancer scare, yeah. <laughs> scare tactic, because I I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's more common in boys than girls. Maybe a little in the beginning. Maybe it's everybody in the end. But um, I did <laughs> I did have an idea. I was like, you know what? If I catch you guys with anything vaping related, I'm gonna vape when I pick you up in carpool. <laughs> All the smoke come out of my windows. That was my threat. They're like, oh, no, you wouldn't do that. I was like, oh, yeah. Yes, I would. would. I'm totally doing it. I already have cancer from something. I don't know what. But oh, my gosh. So, how you mentioned you and your colleagues are trying to figure out the best, like, course for addressing this issue. What are you guys doing? Like, what are your thoughts right now for like the next year? How are you going to talk to the children that come in, the kids from college or the high schoolers? Like, how is your discussion with them going to change now, you think? I have definitely honed in on specific e-cigs and and jewels and even marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to your gateway question, I have found that many, there are more and more, I won't say many, but I will say increasing numbers of e-cig users that, as we all know from just living in a society, Things that you become addicted to, your body gets used to. And so, so they you need crave it more else. and you need more. Mm-hmm. And but there reaches a point where, and I had one young person say, I just didn't get the buzz that I used to get with Joel, so I started looking for something else. Yeah. Right. And then has moved on, you know, it, 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 uh, tried alcohol and then now using um, a wax pen. 
which is the marijuana one, right? Correct. That's the only one that's marijuana. I do know that. Correct. So the marijuana part is scary because you don't know what these drug dealers are putting in it. I more, have that conversation. More than yes. the, at least the e-cigarettes are a little bit regulated or more regulated. Right. These have zero regulations, and there's there's instances of fentanyl and all these other things that are instant death, which is so scary. Like yeah. it's it's different than a weed, you know, that you see and they hold and then they roll. This is liquid. You don't know what it is. You have no idea what it is. And that's the conversation that I have with the teenagers when um, when we're moving down that path. Is that it, it only takes once. Mm-hmm. Right. It only takes one time of who knows what is in there. Um, and it even goes on to that. I mean, we've talked about e-cigs and alcohol and marijuana, but there have even been some in, in my research for this, you know, moving on to cocaine. Mm-hmm. But I've even seen um, you can put that in the pod too. More risk-taking oh, behaviors wow. in associated, it becomes risk-taking behaviors overall. And I've also found some young people putting themselves in very dangerous situations, even you know risky sexual behaviors. And I have had over the years several patients, you know, where they're all going to get high. And being a female provider, I have a lot of teenage girls that I take care of. Right. And, you know, they go with who they believe are their friends. You know, when everybody's high. Right. And yeah. No one's your friend. On, right. And have had some horrible situations that occurred with sexual assaults, um, you know, which to me would be what you almost talk about. It's not even really a date rape because it was friends, but it's right. just kind of when people. Or they might up, not even remember. They so. don't even remember. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened. So I have lots of scary stories that I also am prepared to share with any teenager that need be. But we start in our practice um, at the well checkups. There is, we call it a safety questionnaire, but it's, it goes over a, a multitude of different topics in smoking, alcohol, those mm-hmm. risk-taking behaviors are in there. And that's kind of where they get to check a box. Mm-hmm. And um, But I still, even though I look at this, we'll see who, you know, who is honest, but I typically also ask. Right. And um, it's always interesting you because know, then you've got that facial reaction. You're right. looking them in the eyes. And you can you see if they of, blush. You can kind of see. And not that some of them aren't very good at it, if, especially if they've been doing it for a while, they've been practicing. Um but even then, I kind of move into some of the dangers. And it, does, it doesn't take long. You know, it's just a few minutes to start the conversation. Um, and even if they don't answer then, you know, the ones that come in, they have these coughs or what, and they start to get scared right. of what's happening when they start to dig around. And then the, it at least has broken the ice to start that conversation. That's great. Yeah. Um, so one more question. Okay. Is it as hard to give up, to quit vaping as it is? Cigarettes, like, I'm, is it just as addictive, you think? Have you heard any research as to how people are giving them up? Well, speaking, Jen, you had mentioned about using it as a way to come off of cigarettes. Right. Uh, the conventional cigarettes. Studies have shown that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. And we've already talked about how they're you – know, Smoking a pack of cigarettes, you can do it in one pod. I mean, so you can right. do multiple pods throughout the day. Right. So I do believe the the addictive qualities are there. And there was one study that came out of um, Great Britain that thought that the nicotine, particularly associated with e-cigarettes, is more addictive than cocaine. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but the adults— Oh, Lord. <laughs> 
is horrible. Okay, we got to wrap this then. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the studies have shown the statistics are that if you looked at like non users of e-cigs and then who were the new ones, the non-users that then are using jump higher in adolescence than adults. Mm-hmm. Right. And what happens is that over time, it also opens them up to start doing conventional cigarettes as well. So the studies are not showing oh, yeah. that your, you know, your conventional cigarette users have not dropped off. They're doing both. Oh, right. And and the adolescents are also, it's opening them, them up to do both. So it's not really helping at all. It's actually doubling up. Right. Well, and it's mis- completely misleading anyway, right. which was my original complaint yeah. about it. But Well, thank you so much for all of your wisdom and insight, yes. insight into the topic. If you're looking for more health content or inspiring patient stories, um, check out Levine Children on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always find us at charlottesmartypants.com, on Facebook and Instagram at charlottesmartypants, and on Twitter at charlottesmarty. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starrum, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com.